Well, praise the Lord. Once again, this is Pastor Jerry coming to, coming to you wherever you're at. Praise the Lord. It's always an honor and a privilege to uh, bring the Word of God to you, and I'm so grateful that you're connecting with us. Uh, send us an email. Let us know how you're doing. Amen. Uh, if you need us to be praying for something, let us know about these things. We, uh, we love to hear from you. So anyway, we uh, call you blessed, and we're grateful uh, again to uh, bring to you another uh, midweek service. Amen. Been talking about our patriarchs of faith. And again, we're going to do the same thing here today. And uh, we're going to go to our uh, key verse out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So let's go ahead and turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And verse 11 says, Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, our example, an example to us for our teaching or our admonition. Amen. Now this today, of course, is going to make a lot more sense because today I'm actually going to talk about the children of Israel, at least this generation that this uh, text here is talking about. Of course, there's not a lot of good things about it, but uh, I, I felt in my heart we need to kind of talk about this and, and uh, bring it up, and, and uh, hopefully we can glean some stuff. Remember, the, uh, the cool thing about the Word of God is it gives you the good, the bad, and the ugly, all right? So day, today we might spend a little more time talking about the ugly, all right? So, uh, but anyway, let's back up maybe uh, the whole chapter actually is talking about it, but well, let's go to like verse 5, kind of jump in the middle here. It says, but with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. So we, I just want to read that so you know who we're talking about. So the children of Israel who came out of, the, out of Egypt, this first, that first generation that was in the wilderness, that roamed around there for 40 years. This is uh, the people we're going to talk about today. All right, verse 6. Now these things became our examples, all right? to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted, and do not become idolaters, uh, as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Uh, nor let them commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 fell. Uh, nor let uh, us uh, tempt Christ, as uh, some of them also tempted <clears throat> and were destroyed by serpents. Okay, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them, which, of course, ain't none of this good, right? All these things happened to them as examples, uh, okay, and they were written for our instruction or admonition, our teaching, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, we can learn from this, all right? Now, again, none of this is good, okay? We see here, okay, where it says they lusted. After evil things, okay, that word literally means to crave, uh, to desire, to covet even, to long for, okay, it literally means, the word lust after means to set the heart upon, in other words, set a course for it, okay, that's going to come up uh, pretty key here in a minute, okay, so they lusted after evil things, we see idolatry, we see sexual immorality, we see that they provoked God, um, they see also they complained, murmured, griped, uh, you know, uh, complained about things. So, ain't none of these things uh, look good. Now, today, I'm not necessarily going to teach out of this text, but I just wanted to let it be known this is who we're talking about, uh, about a people uh, that did not set their heart right. <clears throat> they have gone astray, the Scripture says. All right, so we're going we're gonna to take a look at this. We're going to lo look into two different major texts we're going to do today, uh, one of them out of uh, Hebrews 3 and 4 and then also uh, Psalm 78. So we're going to kind of be back and forth a little bit to talk about this. And uh, so the idea is just to kind of show you the, the root problem of what we had here going on with this group of people. Uh, so let's go to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, please. <clears throat> now a lot of bad stuff happened. And somebody say, well, gosh, why did all, you know, all that thing ha them things happen? Well, it was based on choices and decisions. You know, the, the word's pretty clear. In fact, uh, Proverbs 26, I believe it is, in verse 2, I want to say, uh, it says, So a curse without cause shall not alight. In other words, it shall not come upon you or land upon you. And the idea is the curse just doesn't happen just for, for no reason. There's a reason for it. And so decisions and choices create uh, a lot of problems, you know, where you de decide to, uh, you know, what direction you go determines some results. It's cause and effect. 
And so uh, that's what happened with them. Okay, they made a lot of a lot of bad decisions, a lot of bad choices, and as a result of it, okay, it just didn't end up good for them. Okay. So uh, today I thought we'd just take a service and let's deal with that. Let's talk about some of these things. All right. Now, uh, you know, I thought about calling it a rebellious people, but I thought if I do that, nobody's going to, nobody's going to, you know, want to watch that. So uh, today we're talking about, well, at least we're going to see a verse here. It says that they, or their heart had gone astray. Amen. And that's really a key point here. Okay. So <clears throat> let's go to verse uh, chapter three of Hebrews. And we're going to go to verse seven. It says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Okay, because obviously they were in rebellion. In the day of of trial in the wilderness. We do know who they're talking about. Where your fathers tested me, uh, tried tried me, and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they also go astray. Here we go. In their hearts. And they have not known my ways, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now, enter my rest and uh, is kind of going to be kind of a key phrase that he uses here in these two chapters here, chapter 3 and chapter 4. Um, but he's talking about, you know, coming into that promised land. And the new covenant calls it entering into his rest. Okay. And uh, so there were some major things, and that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, maybe three major things that determined why they didn't enter in to the rest of God or enter into their promised land, okay? And I'm going to kind of come at it that way, which will then kind of bring up a few of those things that we talked about there in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, as well as some other things. But uh, the idea is um, to learn from it, glean from it. You know, I don't want to be guilty of the same things they were guilty of, right? And like I said, I know I'm, I'm kind of coming at more of the, the negative side of some things today. Uh, but at the same time, a positive note is we can learn from it and glean from it. Praise God. Amen. So let's look up at this verse again. Verse, uh, uh, let's go to verse 8 again. Do not harden your heart. Okay, what's that mean? Well, the word harden here means to be to render stubborn or to make stiff or hard or tough. And that, of course, in a wrong way. So do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. And that's what he's referring to is these people uh, that were in the wilderness here, called it a rebellion, uh, uh, provocation or upheaval, irritation, agitation. But it refers to being insubordinate or noncompliant. Okay, and that's really what happened here. And there's reasons for some of this, okay? But it says here that they did, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness uh, where your fathers tested me or scrutinized me, uh, tried me, that word means to try and examine me, and saw my works 40 years. In other words, they, even though he kept proving himself, showing himself, they still kept back there with a, uh, they scrutinized him every turn, okay? And that's why the, 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 uh, the rebellion, okay? Verse 10, therefore I was angry with that generation. That word actually means grieved. I was grieved or angry, okay? But it refers to more about being grieved, okay? It's maybe even a better word. Okay, his heart was grieved uh, at what they, their decisions and choices they were making. And he said, and said, they always go astray in their heart. They always go astray. The word there means to cause to roam from safety, to cause to roam from safety, the truth, or from virtue. It literally means to, to deviate based on uh, being seduced or deceived. Okay. So we're seeing here a heart, that's kind of the first thing we're going to talk about here, is their heart deviated from God, okay? Now you might say, well, how, you know, how does that all happen? And uh, well, let's take a look at some of this. We're going to go, um, let's go to Psalms now. So we're going to, like I said, we're going back and forth here, going from Hebrews to Psalm 78. Let's go to Psalm 78, all right? And uh, we're going to go to verse, um, I'm going to kind of jump around here a little bit with this. Um, just for sake of time, we could read the whole thing and it, 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 it would just kind of, it would really bring a lot of it to light. But we're just, for sake of time, we're just going to jump around here a little bit. Verse 8, it says that, um, and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn, talking about this generation now, a stubborn and here we go, rebellious generation. Okay, there's that word again. A generation, here we go, that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. So let's define some of that. So one of the first things was, okay, 
their heart, okay, deviated from God. They didn't set their heart aright, which means literally established or fixed, uh, means to stand firm. It refers to things like being prepared or preparation or made ready uh, to make provision for. They didn't do the things necessary to make sure their heart stayed uh, stayed anchored, okay, as it says here, uh, whose spirit was not, here we go, faithful or true um, uh, to God, all right? Uh, this word, if you back, let's go to verse 37 of the same chapter. It said again, and their heart was not steadfast with him. Actually, I believe it's the same word that we use, was not set, okay, was not steadfast or set or established, nor were they, here we go again, faithful in his covenant, okay? And again, they weren't true. They didn't remain anchored, okay, permanent. They didn't continue with things, okay? So what it comes down to, the first thing that we see was they didn't have a heart that was anchored, a heart that was set, okay? They deviated. Their heart, the core, remember the heart is the core. It's the center. Everything comes out of the heart, the good, the bad, the ugly, okay? We can see that in Old Covenant, New Covenant, same thing. Whatever is fed into the heart determines, okay, some things. What comes out then determines your life, how you're going to, what kind of uh, results you're going to have. All comes out of the heart of man. And Jesus made that real clear, that good, bad, and ugly. Your words, your actions, okay, your attitudes, everything comes out of the heart. Well, they didn't set their heart aright, okay? So what happened, all it took was some bad things, and next thing you know, here we go, making another bad decision. Now, uh, there's some reasons for some of this, and uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you know, maybe in a sense, make a little heads or tails of some of this and why they ended up being so rebellious, because they seen one miracle after another. Uh, you know, God, they whined about something, and God showed himself strong. They whined some more, God showed himself strong. One miracle after another miracle after another miracle, and yet they couldn't keep their heart uh, anchored. They couldn't keep uh, uh, rock solid when it came time to their heart toward God. They deviated from God. And I'll tell you, what was that uh, uh, word I used there in 1 Corinthians 10 when he, when he talked about they lusted after, which literally means they set their heart on evil things. So in other words, it was all determined on where the heart was, okay? In, in Hebrews' account, okay, it says that uh, they hardened their heart. Later on, it said their heart went astray. Okay, so the first thing was the heart. Heart wasn't anchored. So what can we learn from that? Well, is our heart anchored? Okay, are we doing the things necessary to keep ourselves anchored? Or are we all over the map? Are we deviating? Are we backing up? Are we allowing the pressures of the hour of the day be more of a, a deterrent in our life, uh, you know, causing us to make choices that we have no business making? Are we yielding to the enemy's pressures? Are we yielding to the deceptions? Are we yielding uh, to the things, uh, you know, the world uh, and, and, and the pull and the things that are out there? Are you anchored in your heart? And you have to ask those questions sometimes because that's where it started. All right, in a minute, I'm going to bring out why I think some of that is. But, but the bottom line is, it still comes down to you and me and the choices that we make. It came down to them and their choices and obviously didn't make good choices. And that's why that generation roamed in a wilderness for 40 years. All right, and as a result of it, they all died. That generation died out except for two men, and that was Joshua and Caleb, which we've discussed and talked their lives already uh, with this series. But the bottom line is, okay, they all pass, and the next generation was the one that get to go in and take what, remember, the promised land. It was promised to them, but based on choices and decisions, okay, the first generation didn't get to see the promised land. Well, we have to learn from that. It's for our admonition, our instruction, all right? I don't want to be somebody that doesn't enter into my promised land, doesn't enter into my rest, okay, in God. You know what I'm saying? I want to enter into all that's for me. So I don't want to do the same things that this generation did, all right? 
I don't want to be a rebellious group. I don't want to be a part of a group that's gone astray in their heart. I want to keep my heart anchored to God. Amen. And it's key, especially in the hour that we're in. Amen. It's key to keep yourself anchored. Amen. And not deviate. All right. Not give yourself, you know, allow all the other things uh, to, uh, to begin to pull on us. Amen. And pull us away from uh, remaining anchored in God. Amen. I know a lot said there, but I'm just telling you, we got to stay anchored in this hour. All right, let's let's go back to let's go back to um, uh, Hebrews, and this time let's go a little bit further on down. We're going to go now to verse. I think we read to verse eleven, so let's read verse twelve. It says, "Beware, brethren." Verse twelve: Lest there be in any of you, here we go, an evil heart. It's talking about the heart again of unbelief. This time it brings out this word unbelief in departing from the living God. Now remember, um, can't stress this enough. Okay. And um, remember, it's talking to the church. Now, granted, these are some things we're talking about that probably most people don't want to hear. Most people, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's hard to sit and listen sometimes with some of these negative things. But he's talking to the church. It's a challenge to you and me. This is still, uh, as it says, uh, for our admonition, uh, you know, to the end. In other words, this is something we can learn as, as long as there, there is a planet Earth moving forward, we can all learn from their example, all right? And right now, he's bringing out in the book of Hebrews, we got we to gotta grab hold of this because the same problems they had, if we don't watch it, we end up with the same problems, and then we end up in the same results. Now, I don't want that for you, and I surely don't want that for me, all right? So now let's look at this. He goes on now, but exhort one another daily, which is important, all right? Being around each other, encouraging one another, right? While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence, here we go, steadfast to the end. While it is said, he repeats himself, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Remember, they all heard it, and they still rebelled. He's saying the same thing to you. Okay, we're probably saying something to you you haven't heard before. Now, just have, okay. So, having heard, here we go. Indeed, um, was it not all who uh, came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now, with whom was he angry or grieved? There's that word again, 40 years. Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? So there's no question of who we're talking about here, right? All right. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? Okay. Verse 19. So we see that they could not enter in because, here we go, of unbelief. Now, earlier they could not enter in because their heart went astray. Now it says they couldn't enter in because of this thing called unbelief. Like you said a little earlier, they had an evil heart of, here we go, unbelief, which was a key word. Now, this word unbelief means faithlessness. It means to unfaith, which is kind of a, might kind of seem like not a real word, but yet it is because it's at one time you might be walking in faith, but then you choose to not believe, which means you now unfaith. Okay, you've unplugged, okay, your faith. All right, it means to disbelieve. To Here we go, to distrust. Now get this, as you look these things up, it literally means to discredit what he said. So they chose, that's why he said in verse 16 here, having heard, they rebelled. They heard it, but they chose not to receive it. They discredited what he said. Okay, now this is a warning to you and me. Okay, they did not enter into their promised land. Okay, he says in this text, into, their, into the rest of God because of a thing called unbelief. Okay, they disbelieved. They chose to unfaith. Okay, they chose to, what was it? To distrust or literally to discredit what he said. All right, so let's now look at that back in Psalm 78. All right, all right, I hope you're, I hope you're doing okay with this. All right, Psalm 78 says this in verse 22, because they did not believe God and did not, here we go, trust, 
okay, in his salvation or his deliverance. Okay, so they heard things, but they chose not to believe it, chose not to trust in it. All right. Now, I was thinking about this, and this is kind of what I brought out earlier, but I'm going to do my best to, uh, to bring this out. You're thinking, well, why, why would, would the children of Israel, this generation, why would they rebel? Why would they um, go astray in their heart? Why would they disbelieve or unbelieve or distrust or discredit what God said? And you think, well, what, what, would, um, what would cause that? Well, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of times uh, statements get made. I've even used them myself where, you know, the word, you know, is kind of clear that God got them out of Egypt. He just couldn't get Egypt out of them. And, you know, that, that, that definitely makes some sense. But you think about it, they were 430 years uh, in bondage. Actually, more or less, the, the last 400 years of that, they were in bondage. Uh, the first several years, whatever it was, remember it was jo- or, uh, Joseph, uh, you know, was basically the most influential man on the planet at that time. And because he had favor with Pharaoh, uh, that meant the children of Israel had favor, favor with Pharaoh. Okay, well, of course, that Pharaoh, you know, passed on. Another Pharaoh takes its place. Well, little by little, over the years, you know, you have Pharaohs now that have uh, no connection really, with, with Joseph, no connection uh, with uh, the children of Israel in the sense, in a good sense. And so they start, little by little, they begin to lose their favor, okay, with the Egyptians. Well, now all of a sudden they're under bondage. All of a sudden now the, the Egyptians are putting the thumbscrews on them and holding them in captivity in a sense or in bondage, okay? Well, after about 400 years of that, we're talking about multiple generations, okay? And you think, okay, what are you getting at? Well, what I'm getting at is in those multiple generations, there were times when people probably called out to God, okay, in, in you know, whatever. Maybe they, were, um, maybe they weren't necessarily in faith. Maybe they, uh, you know, they were just uh, hoping God was going to do something or somehow deliver them, whatever it is. I, we, we don't have all the answers there. But all I know is, is that, Somewhere along the line, it probably shifted where they're no longer, um, you know, they're, they're being taught about, you know, this, uh, you know, this God of Joseph who delivered, you know, all, you know, all the miracle, all the things that happened there. But uh, uh, pretty soon, uh, we probably got a group of people now that are wondering, where's God? Now, I'm, I'm, I want you to hear this, okay? I remember, uh, in fact, in Judges uh, chapter 6, we see the story where uh, the angel of the Lord goes and appears to Gideon. And, of course, I think we took a week and we studied on Gideon's life. And we see where they said, you mighty man of valor. And, and of course, he, he was like, who are you talking to, right? And he makes a statement, okay, which I think is relevant, okay? He said this. In Judges 6 and 13, Gideon said, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all these, uh, all of this happened to us? And where are all His miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Now, first off, that's a bold-faced lie. God had not turned his back on them. They turned their back on him. Secondly, okay, why hasn't he come to deliver us from the Midianites? Well, the angel of the Lord is standing there talking to him. Hello, okay, he's going to use you, Gideon, okay? And, you know, it's like what it is, it became this, this excuse, Okay, now, of course, they get through this, and Gideon does go on to become this mighty man of valor. Now, the point I'm trying to make is Gideon comes into the picture years after this whole thing of of the children of Israel. But yet, through a course of years, okay, of of usually it usually comes out of 
uh, uh, decisions that they make where they gradually are going astray in their own hearts from God. Now listen, they deviate from God to the point that now all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. All of a sudden the curse now is manifesting. They're now brought under, under captivity, brought under bondage based on their own choices, but they stand there and they blame God for it. I want you to hear this. To me, that's exactly what happened to the children of Israel while they were in Egypt. Little by little, they began to forget who they were. Little by little, they began to forget about uh, the goodness of God and a God that delivers. Instead, they probably turned a little bit more toward griping, complaining, you know, murmuring. Okay, and of course, we see that, you know, uh, you know, as the story unfolds, a lot of that. All right. And we're going to touch on that here in a minute. But the bottom line is, I believe the same thing happened to them that is happening. uh, The same mindset, I should say, or the same attitude, um, maybe the same, um, you know, where their heart is. When it comes right down to it, they're wondering, where's God? Now, you might be watching and listening right now, and you maybe you were believing God for some things, or maybe you thought you were in faith for something, and maybe things weren't manifesting yet, or maybe it just hasn't manifested yet. Maybe it's just a timing thing, whatever. Okay, and I, I, I'm, I'm trying to choose my words wisely on this because um, I've seen this, okay, in people. Okay, things didn't quite go the way they thought they should, so pretty soon, little by little, their heart goes astray. They deviate. And next thing you know, they're given over to a little thing here, a little thing there. Pretty soon, uh, they're not where they used to be in God. Okay? And we sit back thinking, well, you know, God didn't this, and God did, you know, wish he would have done that. I wish he would have done this, but he didn't. So, you know, where's God? We might be thinking and saying the same things, maybe in our own heart, maybe even verbalizing it. Okay? Wondering, where's God? Are you hearing me? Well, I believe that's what happened to the children of Israel. Now, they get out, they get delivered from Egypt, but they're still, they're still under that same mindset. I mean, they're seeing one miracle after another, and yet, for some reason, they're not seeing it. I think the same thing happened with Gideon. I think the same thing happened, okay, with, uh, during Jesus' day. Remember, he, they would say, show us a sign. He just got done feeding 5,000 people with a few loaves and a few fish. And it's like, show me a sign. Are you kidding me? Right? But, but that's where people get. It's like they miss. They miss it. They don't catch it somehow. They don't see it. Somehow they get so caught up in their own opinions, their own mindsets. All right? And in, in this particular case, they're seeing, still seeing a God that doesn't meet their needs, a God that doesn't take care of them, even though there's one miracle after another miracle after another miracle. Okay, they're focused on the wrong things, all right? Or they got a, the wrong mindset, all right? Now, the Word says this, okay? Um, in fact, let me, let me read that same verse I read to you. We're in Psalm 78 again, verse 22, because they did not believe God nor and and did not, here we go, trust in his salvation or his deliverance, okay? So God's talking to him, all right, and yet they're just not grabbing it. Now, I just want to say this, okay? A key verse we all know, uh, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with, here we go, all your heart, right? Here we go, and what? Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways, and acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. But you notice it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, which means the potential of not doing that is there. We could say the potential to do it is there, and the potential not to do that is also there. All right, But it says, lean not on your own understanding, because that's where the problem is. Okay? That's where the problem is, all right, is we get to leaning on our own understanding, and then what happens is, now listen, we distrust or discredit what he says. That's what happened here. All right? They discredited what God was trying to you know, lead and, and prompt them to move them forward. And they discredited it because 
they still were leaning on their own understanding, which really, bottom line, just comes down to a mindset. So in a sense, the same mindset they had, okay, in, in Egypt, all right, that had been basically little by little passed down from generation to generation to generation, okay? So the last 400 years, uh, their hearts are gradually gone astray. They still, they still know there's a God. They still believe there's a Jehovah God, okay? But for some reason, he's forgot about us. For some reason, you know, he, he doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't deliver anymore. He doesn't set the captive free anymore. You get further on down, even though he did all that, they go into their promised land. Then we get another generation or two go by. And here we go. We get like Gideon and that group. Now, where's God? He delivered them from the, the, from Israel or from Egypt. Uh, why ain't he delivering people now? Which, hello, he is doing that. But a mindset. They lean more on their own understanding instead of trusting in God. And it's this thing, it's this progression of a heart going astray. All right. It's this progression of gradually uh, deviating and not even realizing it. Okay. God delivers, uh, you know, delivers uh, Gideon and goes on more generations down. We get into Jesus time, the same thing. It's like, even though miracles are happening, we still got people somehow missing it. All right. Jesus pays a price, all that goes on, okay? The, the, the apostles go out, signs, wonders, miracles, and over the years, more generations, more generations, more generations, and we have the same kind of mindsets. Now, my question to you, okay, is, is that where your mindset is? Are you leaning more on your own understanding, or are you trusting on what he's doing? Trusting in Him with all your heart? Are you distrusting based on mindsets? Are you distrusting or discrediting what He's doing, what He said, because of maybe something that happened or didn't happen in your past? I'm telling you, this is how, this, this is how we start to deviate. Because something didn't go like we thought it should. And there's, there's always reasons for it. Remember, what was that verse I used? I didn't necessarily turn to it, but out of Proverbs 26, so a curse without cause uh, shall not alight. And it just, it just literally means everything happens. There's reasons why stuff happened. I remember many times, even in my own life, moving along, wondering why something didn't quite happen. And, all, and that when I got quiet with God and got honest with God and let God begin to talk into me, He began to talk to me about my attitude or He talked to me about my words. He talked to me about, uh, you know, uh, your action in this thing. You're saying you're, you're in faith, but your action's proven different. You, you say you're believing, but your words are saying different. You, you went and prayed, but then you turned around and you, you, you said something opposite, you know, out of the, when you came out of the prayer room than what you said in the prayer room. So he, he, he talked to me about, you know, you're, you're, you're not where you really think you are. Now, he wasn't condemning me. It's just that when I got real and honest with him, he began to talk to me. There's a reason some things are not working right. Or there's a reason why these kind of things are happening when it should be this happening. And so we have to look at examples like the children of Israel for our own teaching, our own instruction, and learn from it. We can't avoid, you know, uh, the, the the issues that they were they were doing and involved with and under uh, you know where they were you know lusting after evil things and idolatry and sexual immorality and and you know murmuring griping and complaining all the stuff you know being a uh, provoking God you know all the things that they did you know I, I don't I, I don't like to talk about them and you probably don't like to hear about it but you know when it comes down to it we got to learn from it because the same thing that happened to them is the same thing that can happen to you and me. You know, when you get into the book of Hebrews, he makes that real clear. That we have to be aware. God is communicating with us on a day-to-day -day basis. But if you're going to harden your heart and not listen, if you're not going to yield to when he begins to lead and bid and prompt you to go a direction or do something or say something or, or whatever, 
If, we, if we're just going to harden our heart and, and then begin to go astray and deviate, you have to understand that the same thing that happened to these people can actually happen to you and me. We're talking about generations later, and yet we can still learn from this. Amen. And, and the cool thing about this is we can learn from this and not let it happen to us. Amen. Now, you're not going to be able to get to heaven. And, you know, I don't know how it's all going to go down. We all have our, our opinions about this stuff. But, you know, we do know that there's a time that you will face the Lord. We do know that there's, uh, you know, there are uh, times of, um, you know, being, um, you know, a- answering for our decisions and choices and words and things like that. There's a, there's a time in there for this. And uh, so we know that's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to go down. But you're not going to be able to, you know, continue to live on in a, in a, you know, in a way and then have a result that you don't like and then get mad at God thinking that, well, I didn't know, um, you know, I had no idea, um, you know, well, you're not going to be able to get away with that. Okay. Because for one thing, it's written in the word of God for you and me to read. Secondly, uh, you got a preacher that's ministering it to you. All right. To warn you to not, not go down these roads. All right. We're not saying this in a condemning way. Um, You know, my heart is not at all to condemn anybody. We've all made, you know, dumb moves or dumb decisions. And we've all, you know, you know, somehow or another had the spirit of stupid get on us once in a while. We've all been there. Uh, But but we also know there's a way out. We also know there's a we if we repent, stop and turn, go the other way. God makes things right. All of a sudden things can shift and change and go right. Uh, but we still have to stop once in a while, take a look at these things, and in a sense, look inward and you know begin to ask these kind of questions. Am I letting my heart deviate from God? Am I uh, you know, operating on mindsets that are not lining up with the Word? Am I somehow distrusting or discrediting the things that God says based on my own opinions, my own mindsets? Am I angry with God, upset with God? Am I down with God because something didn't quite go the way I thought it should? And we have to talk about these things sometimes. And we need to look inward and say, you know what? I don't want to be guilty of that kind of thing. I mean, I don't want the thing. I don't want to roam around in a wilderness for 40 years and then not even ever get to enter into my promised land. I don't ever want to, I don't want to be, I don't want that to happen to me. And I don't want that to happen to my family. I don't want that to happen to, uh, to our church family. I don't want that to happen to you, whoever it is that's watching and listening. I don't want that to happen to you. Amen. I want you to enter into your promised land, enter into the rest of God. Amen. Because you've, you've, you've trusted in him and leaning on him and your heart's remaining, remaining true and anchored to him. Praise God. That's what we want. So we have to stop once in a while and take a look at these things and ask ourselves these kind of questions. All right, let's go back and look at another thing. All right, so back to Hebrews again. And this time we read down to the end of chapter 3. Let's now read chapter 4, at least piece of this here. And it says, verse 1 here, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, there, uh, let, pardon me, let us fear lest any of you seem uh, to have come short of it, which means you could come short of it. All right, all right. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, All right. But the word which they heard, now listen, the word which they heard did not profit them, uh, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said, so I have sworn my wrath, they shall not enter in, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. In other words, God already said said it out there. God already promised it. Listen, if God's made a promise, it's out there. It's done from the foundations of this whole thing since the beginning. God set it in order, praise God. Now, all you got to do is just follow him. That's what he's saying, okay? Verse 4, for he has spoken in a certain place on the seventh day in, in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Verse 6, since therefore it remains that some must enter it, in other words, it's available, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter, here we go, because of, here we go, disobedience. Of course, of course and then it goes on and talks some more about, but the disobedience. So the first time was they, they went astray in their hearts. They did not enter in because of that. The second time we see it, they did not enter in because of unbelief. 
This time says it did not enter in because of a thing called disobedience. Okay. Well, this particular word, uh, it, uh, okay, let's see here. It means, uh, let's see, make sure I get it right. It means to be obstinate and rebellious. Okay. All right. To not follow. Okay. To not obey. But it uses the word obstinate, which is kind of a key word. Okay. They did not enter in because of disobedience, obstinance, or rebellion. Okay. Let's go to Psalm 78 and take a look at this. Psalm 78. I hope you're doing okay. All right. Psalm 78. Here we go. We're, we're coming down now. Here we go. We're, we're going we're gonna to finish this thing. Finish strong. Verse 40. Here we go. How often they provoked him in the wilderness. That word provoke means to rebel uh, against. Okay. They provoked him. They rebelled against. Literally refers to being non-compliant or obstinate again, okay? Here we go. All right, so it's key here. How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again, they, here we go, tempted God. That word uh, means to provoke him again, okay? So they provoked God, and here we go, and limited, here we go, a key word now, they limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed uh, redeem them from the enemy, all right? So in other words, they got, they got their minds set on the wrong thing here. They limited God. What's that mean? Uh, literally means to uh, mark out or uh, to set a mark or a boundary, imprint a, a, a border, means to confine or restrict. Okay, so they restricted God, confined God. Okay, why? Well, because they um, tempted or provoked him. Well, why was that? Because said they pro Voked him. Uh, why? Because, amen, of obstinance or rebellion. Hello, noncompliance. And you say, whoa, 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 okay, let's back up in the chapter. Let's read something else. Here we go. Verse 19. Yes, they spoke against him. It literally means to rehearse it, to say it over and over. They spoke against him, against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Can God prepare a table in the wilderness. They said it again and again, can God, and it, and it goes on, you know, he struck the rock, waters came out, streams overflowed, he gave bread, I mean, meat, I mean, it goes, it goes on. And so, and they would just constantly, they constantly kept going back. They tested God. Come on now. I mean, they provoked God. Come on now. By what? By things they rehearsed, things they said, they were being obstinate. Okay. This generation that came out, it's like, it's like no matter what God did, it didn't matter. They just, they just were down with everything, and they constantly spoke against God, all right? They were obstinate. They were, they were uh, you know, what was the other word? Noncompliant, all right? They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Well, he just did. Water came out of a rock. Manna fell from, from the sky. Quail came through every day. God took care of literally millions of people, all their livestock, day in and day out, and yet they would still say, can God really do this? Here's another verse, okay? Psalms 106, write it down, verse 25. It says, they complained in their tents and did not heed the voice of the Lord. They complained in their tent. What did they complain? This is what they said, okay? Back to Psalm 78, verse 19. They spoke, literally means they rehearsed it. They constantly said it over and over and over. They go back to their tents. Can God really prepare a table in the wilderness? Can God really continue to deliver us? Is God going to leave us out here to die? We might as well just go back to Egypt. Whoa, breaks, hold it. What are you doing? They constantly saying something. Constantly talking. They complained. Boy, that's a key word. The word complain means to grumble, to be displeased, disgruntled, dissatisfied, unhappy, irritated, annoyed. I'm around a lot of people that way anymore. It seems like just more and more of it all the time. People annoyed about everything, upset about everything. And the more you get caught up with everything else going around, uh, going around if you, don't, if you don't keep yourself anchored to God, if you don't keep yourself locked on, keep yourself in a place of trusting God, pretty soon, you know, not only does your head get off, pretty soon your mouth gets off. I'm trying to bring this out because what was one of the main problems, okay? 
Now, I, I, I use this one as third because in a way it was kind of lined up in Hebrews. And, and really, to be honest, it's kind of how it lays out because first, their heart got off. Secondly, their head gets off. Okay. And thirdly, their mouth gets off. And that's exactly what happens. So they continue to talk stuff, which keeps the curse manifesting. And I've seen people today, and you have too, and we've probably all been there a time or two, okay, where you just, you just keep giving your mouth over to things that you got no business giving your mouth over to. Let's not discredit the things that God's trying to tell us. Let's not, you know, get in a place where our heart begins to deviate and our mouth gets, you know, out of check here. Uh, you know, the word is clear. And I, I, could spend a, I could spend a service or two just talking about the mouth, and you know I have, right? Many of you have, have sat in our services, have heard me minister over the airwaves here. You, you've seen and heard me minister many times on the mouth, okay? So I'm hoping I don't have to go there really so much right now, but I'm just trying to show you, okay, the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And one of the things that happened, okay, was they would go back to their tents and they'd constantly gripe, constantly complain. Even though they heard, the word says it wasn't mixed with faith. The reason it wasn't mixed with faith is because of all the other junk. And I see the same things happening, okay, in this generation. It's, It's out there. Okay, where is God? How come this? And why not that? What about this? And this, this if God was really the what about this? We get to whining. Can God really deliver us? Can God really do this? You know, will God really do that? And pretty soon we give over to it. And the problem is all we're doing is giving place for the curse. We keep talking it. It keeps manifesting it. We turn around. You might hear a sermon or two and you say, yeah, that's right. I need to, need to, we need to believe God. Amen, brother. We need to believe God. You turn around and you gripe again by the time you get home again. Some people get out of a service and before they even get back to their house, okay, uh, they're, they're already, they've already negated everything they heard. They get out of the prayer room. They negate everything uh, they prayed about in the prayer room. You hear a message and, 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 and you, you see it and you might have some conviction about it, but if you don't do anything about it in the next hour, what happens is you're right back to the same thing, griping and complaining about everything. Now, I know this ain't something, something that everybody wants to hear. I know this ain't one of those, you know, run around, jump and shout and, you know, all that kind of stuff and, you know, do a Jericho march around the room kind of thing. It's probably, you know, anyway, the, the problem is that's not one of those type of messages. I get it. I get it. But it's still something you got to hear. Because the same thing that happened to the children of Israel, and that's why he says you got to learn from their example, all right? That's why he says it's here for our teaching, our admonition, our instruction. And that's why it says in Hebrews multiple places that, you know, today, you know, if you will hear his voice and you're not hard in your heart, all right, hear what he has to say, let him lead, let him draw, and hook up with that. Keep your heart right. Keep your head right. And keep your mouth right. You got to do it. Because it's so tempting to give in to the pressures. And then pretty soon we are now giving place to the very thing we do not want. And that's exactly what happened to them. Even though God was showing himself strong. Now I just want to say this. Just a, a statement. Okay, I want you to hear this. Okay. Complaining is nothing more than wrong focus. Complaining is nothing more than wrong focus. You are focusing on the wrong things. God is moving all the way around. We have got God moving in all kinds of areas. So what happens is we get to focusing on the little thing here or that little thing there, that thing... And pretty soon you get off and you don't even see what God's doing. And we get no different than those scribes or Pharisees or Sadducees or people that are saying, you know, show us a sign when he just got done manifesting one. We have one case in the scriptures, in the gospels, where man, he just delivered somebody from a devil. And they turn around and said, well, show us a sign. It's like, really? He fed 5,000, and right after that, they said, show us a sign. Listen, you don't, you, 
you don't, you don't get, you know, those are great miracles. Those are big, big, I mean, God's showing himself strong here. But yet, if you get wrong focus, you don't even see what God's doing. So these are some challenges to you uh, and to me today, okay? Is, is our heart right? Now, if it ain't, the word says, you know, pray, you know. Lord, create me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me, right? If your head's off, is your head off? Amen. The word says then you can change that by renewing it, praise God. Is your mouth going wrong? Is your mouth off? We can change that. We can adjust that. We can take authority over that thing and begin to change. And if we have to repent about something, let's repent. You know, repent's not a dirty word. It's really a, a, a powerful word. It's, a, it's really like, a, like a, a beautiful promise from God that when you repent, the word says you can stop, turn, and all of a sudden you go the other way. God forgives, God delivers, and all of a sudden we got, we got the blessing rolling again, praise God. To me, it's a great promise, okay? Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, if, if, if we're guilty of these things, then let's change them. Amen. Let's not, let's not end up roaming around for 40 years in some wilderness and then not even ever enter into the things that we've been promised. Amen. Let's, let's make some choices here today. Amen. To keep our heart right, to keep our head right, and to keep our mouth right. I hope you got something today. Father, I give praise and glory once again for this people. Thank you, Lord God. They had an ear to hear today, a heart to receive it. Thank you for opening the eyes of understanding. And Lord, if we've been guilty of these things, forgive us. And we know you're faithful and just to forgive. And we, we're thankful for that. We receive that. We give praise for that. But Lord, our heart is to move forward in these things. Amen. And to make right choices concerning where we, ain't, where we set our heart, where we set our mind, where we set our mouth. Hallelujah. And I give you praise that today, amen, hallelujah, we're choosing a higher road, the higher way, we're choosing your way. For that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash victory, or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.